Welcome to the Grove Community Church Worship Podcast. We're a faith community seeking to change lives, change our community, and change the world. Here's this week's message. We hope you enjoy it. When I was in elementary school, I took my first trip to Colorado to go skiing, and I was absolutely floored by the beauty and the magnificence of of the White Mountains and the 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 gleam of the snow and the brilliance and the just the dazzling reflection of the sun on that snow and it was absolutely breathtaking after my first morning of ski class some of the youth in my father's youth group decided that they would take me up to the top of the mountain and so they took me to the top of one of the slopes in Breckenridge and I remember looking down and thinking oh my gosh I can't do this I was I was just stunned with the beauty of the situation, but I was also fearful because here before me was this vast amount of open range and snow and mountains, and it was absolutely absolutely awe-inspiring, breathtaking, all at the same time. And there was this sense of just wonder, but of dread and fear because I knew I had to get down. I had to put my skis over the edge and start my descent. Well, the story we looked at today was a story about a mountaintop experience that was dazzling, that was awe-inspiring, that was was both wonderful and, and 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 created fear. It's the story of the transfiguration. We've been going through the book of Luke and really all of the uh, New Testament, but over the last few weeks, over the last month and a half, we've been looking at the book of Luke and talking about uh, Jesus's practice and his teaching on prayer. We've called the sermon series, Jesus Teaches to Pray. And so today we're looking at the Mount of Transfiguration. It's, it's a verse that occurs in Luke 9, or a set of verses that occur in Luke 9. It's a story about Jesus, and he takes three of his disciples aside, and he goes to, the, to this mountaintop uh, situation, and they begin to pray. And the language there is that as Jesus was praying, he was transformed. He was made, uh, his appearance changed. He was made to look different. Now, what I talked about today is that that, that difference was really uh, the power and the glory of God. That, that there are moments when we hit these thin places, as one theologian calls it. It's, it's that thin veil between uh, the spiritual reality and the, and, and the eternal reality and then our earthly reality. The, the eternal and the here and now. The, the power and the glory of God and the humanness of everyday life. And there are moments when those two things are, are so interwoven together. Moments and places where there's just a thin veil and you can almost peer through or peel back that veil and see the glory and the presence and the power of God. Throughout scripture, we see this happening on mountaintops. We see it with Moses uh, when he gets the Ten Commandments. We see it with uh, numerous people who perform miracles or, or people who have experienced God on mountaintop experiences. And, and so all throughout scripture, mountains are places for experience of God. And then for God to reveal himself, theophanies, that, that's where God shows up in his power and his glory, and he reveals himself to humankind. And so this is both a... Um, an epiphany and a theophany at the same time. It's an epiphany for the disciples that are with him, and it's a theophany because they experience God uh, and, and his presence in a powerful way. But the setting in all this is while they were praying. And, and that's kind of how we translate the verb there. It's a, 
it's an infinite, I mean, it's a, it's a present infinitive verb. So it, it is an ongoing action of praying. So they were on this mountaintop spending time together, just praying and wrestling in prayer. And then they enter into this thin place, this place where the reality of God and, and the earthly reality just comes close to cl- so close together that, that they're touching and that you can peer through and see it. And Jesus is transformed. His appearance looks different and he's dazzling and he's brilliant. Now, now the the disciples didn't know how to respond. It says that they were asleep or that they were waking from sleep. They were kind of in this daze. They were neither asleep and and neither awake. They were neither nor. They they were just kind of in between, in this in-between, dazed, half-awake state. And that says a lot more about their spiritual position than it does their physical position. So I believe that Luke wants us to understand that the disciples just still didn't wake up. They still hadn't woken up to the fact that Jesus was who he said he was, that the Christ was something utterly different than they thought it was going to be, and that the powerful um, uh, kingdom and glory of God was there with them in that moment. And so this is an, an opportunity in that thin place to peel back the veil completely and for them to experience the glory of God and to see exactly who Jesus was. And so on the Mount of Transfiguration, that's what's happening. The, during prayer, the veil is peeled away in this thin place and the, the eternal and the earthly come together and, they, and they're existing, coexisting together in that moment in that space. And that's really what prayer is for us. And and. And we, like the disciples in that moment, are kind of in a slumber sometimes spiritually. And I don't know about you, but COVID has gotten me in all sorts of weird moods. And, and it's uh, it just feels like sometimes I'm just kind of sleepwalking through life and through the day. This whole year has seemed like a dream, uh, maybe more correctly, a nightmare. But have you... Have you ever felt like that? Like you're just kind of going through the motions? Well, that's what's going on spiritually for these guys. They're going through the motions. They're following Jesus, but they don't fully grasp who he is or what he's doing. They're doing what he's telling him to do, but there's some trepidation. They think he's the one that they that they are, should be following, but, but they don't really know what that means. And so in this moment, they have an epiphany in this theophany. A theophany is a moment where you experience God and epiphany is where you have uh, an aha moment. So they have this aha moment in the presence of God. We're told that, that Peter, in he, as he's coming out of this slumber state, the spiritual slumber as well as physical slumber, he, he sees, oh my gosh, there's something going on here. And he wants to stop and say, let's build three tabernacles, uh, one for Moses, one for Elijah, and one for you, because Moses and Elijah show up. And we don't have time in this short video to dive into that like I did in the sermon. But they're there, and and Peter wants to capture this moment. He wants to take this epiphany and this theophany and capture it and somehow bottle it, but we can't do that. And so he was wrongheaded in thinking that he could live in that space. Instead, a cloud covers them and, and billows around, which is always on a mountain, a symbol of the presence of God. And then a voice speaks, and it says something to the effect of, Listen, this is my son, the Christ. He's the son of God. Do what he tells you to do. And that's what, that's the, that's the theophany. That's their experience of the Almighty. A cloud of smoke which covers God's glory because they couldn't take his full glory. To, they couldn't look on it. And so he covers himself with this veil of smoke or these clouds. And then he, and then he speaks to them clearly. And he says, this is my son, my chosen one, listen to him. And so 
He is confirming what Jesus has been telling them all along. And it's this aha moment for the disciples. So how does this apply to us today? Well, here's what I really think the takeaway is, particularly in this series as we look on prayer. We have to make um, opportunity. We have to give intentional time and space to these thin places, to these moments where the eternal, powerful God can show up in our everyday world and where the veil is peeled back and we see the glory and the power of God. And that's what was happening during this prayer time. It's where we have the aha moments. It's where we have these theophanies, these deep experiences of God. And he longs to have those times with us. But we have to be intentional about going up to the mountain. We have to be intentional about taking away distractions. We have to be intentional about getting into those thin places where the veil between the eternal and the earthly is thin where the veil between the almighty power of God and, and, and the bounds of, of, of science are thin to where, to where the supernatural comes in contact with the natural. And that happens when we intentionally set aside time and space to pray. And when we do that, we have aha moments. We see and experience the glory of God. That day when I stood on the mountaintop overlooking uh, the, the slope going down there at Breckenridge, Colorado, I was just moved almost to tears at the beauty. It was overwhelming. The brilliance, the glowing snow, the cold wind, the mountaintops and the peaks all around. It was awe-inspiring, but there was also fear and dread. And I think when we come into real contact with God, when we have a real substantial experience of God, it is both awe-inspiring and sometimes fear-inspiring. But it's a good fear because as the Father spoke to the disciples in that moment, this is my son. He's the chosen one. Listen to him. Guys, I hope you have a great week. I hope you create time for thin places, and I hope you experience God in all His beauty and all His power and all His glory, but you have to give time for prayer. I hope this message was meaningful and powerful to you, but I also hope that it was challenging. And as always, don't just hear it. Put it into action. Until next week, have a great one.